For those of you who don't know him, is our youth pastor and has been for how many years now? Um, this is the seventh year. Seven, seventh year of youth pastor. Uh, Roddy, I know, uh, has been sold out to Christ since he was four years old. And uh, he is a, a spirit-filled and uh, uh, inspiring individual to be around uh, and, 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 and lives on his own time and in his own world sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> but he has a lot to share with us from there. So, all right, right. If you'll come on up here, buddy, uh, I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly father, we love you. And we thank you for sharing with us, uh, through your servants. I just pray father that, uh, your word will speak loud and clear through God today in Christ's holy name. Amen. Thank you, brother. Well, happy St. Patty's day to you. Are you wearing green today? If you're I, if you're not, and you don't have green eyes like Pastor Larry, you might get pinched. He always says they can't ever get me on St. Patrick's Day because I have green eyes. Um, you guys can pray for him and the family down there in the south, spending some good family time. But we love Larry and Ann, and so thankful for just good leadership. I was thinking about that, um, how grateful I am that we have solid people in leadership in this church. And I've been to lots and lots of churches in, in all the states, and I've seen the other side. And um, I'm so glad that God put me in this church for such a time as this. So thank you for being here with me today. And um, I've got some slides to go through, and I've got a special gift for each one of you. Uh, that you will then hopefully pass on to somebody else uh, throughout the week. So we'll get to all of that. Um, but first, I just wanted to honor the true St. Patrick because of his life and what God used him. It's a truly amazing story. And a few years, some years back, I wrote um, a little thing about it, and I wanted to read it to you. And it goes like this. At the age of about 16, a young man named Patrick was ripped away from his privileged life as a son of a landowner, local official, and deacon in the Roman Catholic Church, captured by a band of Irish pirates. Patrick was sold as a slave to the Druid Druids in the, in the Emerald Isle, forced to become a shepherd by his, own, by his new owners in Ireland, he escaped six years later and returned to the place of his birth in Britain. Stories still heard today tell how Patrick rid Ireland of the curse of the serpents, used the shamrock to teach the Irish about the Trinity, and dealt with leprechauns. The little people, about that size there. Hmm? There are hundreds of legends, but we do know that Shortly after his return home, St. Patrick had a dream or a vision from God. He actually said that he heard a voice. How many of you have had an encounter with God? Man, it will absolutely wreck you. It will change your life. And that's what happened to Patrick. And here's the crazy thing that he did. He returned to the place of his birth in Britain, but then moving forward... Patrick's small, oh, where we go? He was told to go back across the Irish Sea to Ireland. Patrick would share the gospel with the same violent, barbaric people who had kidnapped and enslaved him. He began making 
preparations and soon became the first Christian missionary to take the gospel outside of the borders of the Roman Empire. Patrick began faithfully sharing the gospel, baptizing hundreds, and laying the foundation for the Christian nation Ireland would soon become. Ireland became the first country to take hold of the message of Christ without the threat of the Roman sword. That's a big deal. Patrick's small beginning became an outreach of evangelism and and a blessing known, known now as the Golden Age of Ireland. That was a long time ago. But you can still see the effects if you go to the land, which I've been there and seen. One of my favorite things about Patrick is that he brought the gospel of Christ to the island. Converts kept their Irishness intact and were not forced to become Roman in order to be a Christian. This may not seem like a big deal from where we sit, but but in Patrick's day it was. He was willing to meet the Irish and love them just the way he found them. Isn't that powerful? Kind of puts a different spin on St. Patty's Day, doesn't it? Yeah. It's good to remember these things. Now, I'm going to read you a scripture that I just sent to my homeless friend. Oh, he's sometimes homeless, and he's blind. His name is Lance. I've been praying for Lance for a long time. He has a 63-year-old, very frail, sickly mother, and they sometimes are in a tent. Sometimes they're under a bridge. Sometimes they're in a little hotel room if they can afford it. And he sent me this this morning. He said, good morning. He said, "Uh, how are you doing? What would be a good verse for the day? So I sent him this one. Are you really showing true love by only loving those who love you back? Even those who don't know God will do that. Are you really showing compassion when you do good deeds only to those who do good deeds to you? Even those who don't know God will do that. But love your enemies and continue to treat them well. When you lend money, don't, re- don't despair if you never get paid back. For it is not lost. You will receive a rich reward and you will be known as true children of the Most High God, having his name and the same nature. For your father is famous for his kindness to heal even the, the thankless and cruel. Wow, even the thankless and cruel? Whew, Jesus loved the unlovable, the ones that couldn't help him back. And sometimes it's really hard. I like to go where I'm celebrated, where people do nice things back when I do something nice for them. Isn't that nice? It's not always about that, is it? So I've got some some encouragement this morning for us. Um, some of this stuff might be challenging, but I, I just wanted to um, to maybe give you guys just a little bit of a glimpse into some of the stuff I've been teaching the youth group on Wednesday nights. So you kind of are on the same page with us. Uh, so I'm going to run through a couple of these verses and just throw some stuff out pretty quickly. Um, but then I want to jump into the last part, which um, is where your gift comes in. Okay. All right, so go back to that first verse there for me there, Jaden. And this is the uh, the Great Commission. Um, these are the last, some of the last words that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended. And so if we could just, can we all just stand just to read this one verse? That would be great. These are powerful and important words. Maybe we could, can we read this together? Let's try that. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, and 20. So you guys can be seated. Um, thank you for doing that with me. Uh, just a couple of things I wanted to point out. One, this is not the great suggestion, right? You might have heard that. If you decide today by an act of your free will and by obviously the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to do this and become a son or daughter of God, this is not an option. If you are not participating in what this says or intentionally living towards doing this, you're missing it. I'm missing it. I'm talking to myself too. What does it mean to make disciples? And so I'm just going to just throw a few things out real quick and run through this. And so as I'm going through this, you can kind of be checking, okay, is this something I've ever done? Is if I thought about this, what does this look like in my life? It may look different for some of us here. But here's some of the things I've learned. Um, a true disciple is someone that's made a disciple or mentored somebody that's then gone on and done it again. So disciples making disciples who make disciples. Does that make sense? Uh, and so... The other thing up here, it talks about, it says baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and I just want to just destroy this religious idea that you have to be appointed by the church or in some kind of leadership or a pastor or something to baptize somebody. Can you guys say this when you say, I can baptize someone? And some of you have. That's awesome. So if there's a young lady in our youth group, her name is Alyssa. She's not here today. I think some of their family's sick. We can pray for them. But she brought a young lady here from uh, Asia. She'd never heard about Jesus ever. They told her about Jesus. They brought her here to youth group. She got saved. She came to the Lord. And there is no reason on this planet why little Alyssa, who's about 11, can't baptize her friend Asin from Nepal. Why not? Now, I don't know if she will, but she could. And I have encouraged her to do that, encouraged her to do it. So just this whole holy man myth thing, man, and it's just man-made religion. Not into that, right? So the other thing up here, um, it says to observe all things that I have commanded. Well, if we don't know what Jesus actually said or commanded, we don't know what to teach other people when we're discipling, right, or mentoring someone. So I just want to look at one of the things here. You can go to the next slide. That um, his brother taught, which is something Jesus absolutely, where do you think he got this from? He grew up with Jesus. And it says here, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. And it's all about glorifying the father, right? And being a light. As a Christian, here's another thing I've learned. You don't get to be in the closet or quiet necessarily. Yes, there are those of you who are a little bit quieter. Maybe you're an introvert, right? And I understand that. But at some point, you got to let your light shine. You can't just hide it. That's not what Christianity is about. So let's flip to that next one. James 5.16. Here's something else that I've learned about discipling. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. And then it goes on to say, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I just want to focus on that confess thing there. First John 1 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we'll have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does it mean to walk in the light? What does it mean to confess our sins? 
Well, I think what I've learned is that, yes, we confess our sins to the Father, right? And we should right away, really, and repent of it. But then we need to go find a person on planet Earth with skin and bones and tell them. You know, I, I personally don't take communion unless I have confessed my sins to somebody, not just God, a person. And I teach my youth group that during the the break there when we had like um, we had the the elements in hand. That's what some of me and the guys did is we confessed our sins before we took it. Priest Lake Christian Fellowship does the same thing. I love that. It's a time to get serious with God and say, Lord, have I have I done what you've asked me to do? It's not a condemnation thing. It's just something – it's a good thing to do, right, to to get that stuff off your chest and find somebody that you trust. I'm not just saying you'd go and blow your dirty laundry all over the place, right? Find an accountability partner, somebody that can – that understands, that will hear you out. Okay, next next thing here. I want to talk just a minute about vulnerability, and that's what we, we just did. We just read a great verse on vulnerability. So I'm going to be vulnerable with you. Can I do that real quick? Um, so this, this is a uh, two part real quick story. I was going on a mission trip probably about 15 years ago and my, one of my younger sisters was going with me. And so we, I think it was a trip with Alice and Mellon and we were at the van outside in the parking lot somewhere. And my little sister, um, it was real early in the morning. It was really cold. And I think it was Annie. It could have been Mary. I don't, I don't know. Mary, are you in here? I don't know where she went. But anyway, it was one of them. And she came up to me. She's like, Rod, I forgot my socks. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Can I have – do you have some extra socks for me? This is my little sister. I'm like, gosh, no. It's cold, and I'm going on a mission trip, and we'll we'll go to Walmart. We'll get you some socks, you know, eventually. I didn't give my sister any socks, and she was cold. I was selfish. What in the world? I'm going on a mission trip. What is my problem? I was young and dumb. I was in my 20s. I didn't know much. I was really convicted about that. Much later in life, uh, some years later, I went to Ireland. And I was walking on the streets of Dublin. It was really cold. It was a night in December, and those nights get cold. And there, uh, along the way, there was this, this homeless man. He was just there with his sleeping bag on these really old stone steps. And I started talking to him, and I sh- I did. I shared the gospel with him, and I, I may have given him some food. And then I noticed that he didn't have any socks, and it was really cold. So I remember thinking, dear God, you have given me a chance to redeem myself, <laughs> right? Thankfully, he can. he's the one that redeems us, really. But so I, I didn't even hesitate, man. I ripped my shoes off and pulled those socks off that were nice, warm socks and gave them to this man in Ireland. And the the guy's name was Patrick, and he became a Christian. He accepted the Lord that night. And I just praise God for that. When he gives us those chances to do those type of things, isn't that a blessing? And so I just wanted to share that. that that's part of this whole vulnerability. Look at this quote. Vulnerability is our most accurate measurement of courage. It's not a weakness. It's a strength, right? We need to practice this. Okay. We'll go to the next one here. So here I want to tell a story about my dad, um, but I'm just going to read this real quick. I love how the message puts this particular verse. It says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. 
We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make light bearers, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Isn't that powerful? God is not a secret to be kept, right? And it goes down. He said, I made you a light on a hill, so shine, right? Uh, you, your hill may look different than someone else's next to you, but you're somewhere, and there's probably somebody around you on a regular basis. Chances are. Don't go quite to that 42 seconds. Go back one more there, Jaden. And then down there at the bottom, it says, um, uh, it says, be generous with your lives. So I want to tell a quick story about dad. Uh, we've got, um, you know, we live in a little neighborhood, Sandy Drive. There's, I've counted, there's about 26 homes up and down this street, right? And i um, always trying to think of ways to reach out to the neighbors. So one thing dad's always done is in, in Christmas time, he gets us out there door to door with, and he's holding the guitar no matter how cold it is, his fingers are freezing, and we sing Christmas carols. And some of you have done that. We do that here in our church. The podies usually take a group and different people. And so we were doing that in our neighborhood. And uh, we went to this this one neighbor, and they really enjoyed it. It was a good time. And um, and so some some weeks went by, and uh, this older lady that lived at this home was locked out of the house, and she didn't know anybody on the street because uh, well, they had just moved in into the neighborhood. And so the only person that she could remember was our family that lived down the street because we went to their house and caroled. So she walked down. She found my dad, and my dad helped her get in the house. And it's just that simple. That right there is an open door to sharing the gospel, right? How many of us can name our neighbors? That's a question for me. I can't name all my neighbors. I'm working on it, right? But we need to know the people that are in our lives, who, who they are around us. Okay, so let's go to that next one. So this is, this is a really cool practical thing that I found. 42 seconds with Jesus. This book is, I haven't read the whole thing, but I've got a good, I listened to some interviews. I really like it. The idea is, is that if you averaged out all the conversations that Jesus had, right? Like he had with Nicodemus, that was over three and a half minutes or so. If you time it and you read through it. Now he may have spent longer with Nicodemus, right? But that's what we have recorded. Well, if you go over here to like the rich young ruler, Man, he didn't even spend a minute with it. It didn't take that long to read through that, right? So if you take all the conversations with, that Jesus had, not his sermons, right, but his conversations uh, with people, you get this as an average, 42 seconds. Can God change a life in 42 seconds? You bet. Even faster than that, right? So he has come up with this. It says the Jesus model for everyday interactions. And it's so simple and straightforward and easy to grasp. And I wanted to, to just share it with you. So the first thing here, you can flip to the next one there, Jaden. This is so easy. Be kind, right? You walk out your front door and you see your neighbor in your, in your yard, just wave and say hi. Like it's not that hard, right? That little hello to your neighbor could be an open door to a relationship. It's really that simple, being kind, right? And I wrote a few things that ask questions. Hey, how was your week? You know, uh, what are you guys doing for the holidays? Got anything planned for Christmas? What's happening for Thanksgiving? I mean, just simple questions. Um, do something small. One of the things God has put on my heart to do is to bake cookies, ginger snaps. Many of you have had those before, right? Yeah. 
They're delicious. And I really enjoy them, and so it's something I like to do. And when I roll those cookies, some of you have helped me roll those cookies, um, I pray over them. And I say, Lord, would you when, – when people eat these cookies, would you encounter them? Would you make yourself known? Let let your, your spirit be felt when these cookies are eaten, right? Uh, it may sound crazy, but I've seen God do amazing things. And so I'll hand these cookies out to people in my neighborhood and just build friendships over cookies. It's really not that hard. And so the, the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 comes to mind, right? The, the little boy comes and he gives Jesus the three loaves and the, the two fish, I think it is, one time. And Jesus takes that little tiny gift of faith and multiplies it and feeds not 5,000, but probably 15,000, maybe 20,000 people. So he wants to take the little small things, the little offerings, the, the, the talents that you've been given, right? And he wants to multiply those. Okay, and so that's that's kind of the idea behind that. Um, and then you know, there's lots. Of, a lot of times you got kids running around. I love talking to kids. You just meet friends and hang out with kids, and then you get to know their families, right? And sometimes those kids, I've had kids in my neighborhood come to youth group, and they're still coming four and five years later. And the parents have maybe never even come to church, but I got to know the parents, you know, through the kids. Um, so be kind. Okay, number two. Just take everybody. Just take a deep breath. We're thinking that it's not that scary to share Jesus. It's really not. So just be present. Be where you're at. I'm working on this too, guys. I'm preaching to myself, right? Um, stop trying to be so cool, man. Just chill out. Just you know, be normal. <laughs> um, open your eyes and ears. See what's going on around you. Just be aware. Right? There's people all around us that need the Lord, wherever it is that we are, including our neighborhoods. Uh, except that you're not God. You can't save all these people. That was a tough one. I just want to save the whole world. There's like two billion people that haven't even heard the gospel on this planet. A scene, right, from uh, Asia that comes here on Wednesday nights. She had never heard the gospel. She's like 10. Never heard about Jesus at all. Um, and then thankfully she does now. Um, don't be so strategic. I, I like the word strategic, so I would probably change that a little bit. Uh, just don't overthink it, right? It's not that difficult. So be present. And number three, be brave, right? Be brave. Um, and that's what being vulnerable is all about, is being brave, right? Open up. Um, find your wheat field, right? Plant some seeds. A lot of times it's just little simple seeds that we plant in faith that God will do something with a little and make a lot out of. Um, sometimes you do have to stand alone. Sometimes you have to kind of say something crazy. Sometimes you have to stand up and be the only one to say, hey, that's not okay, but we love you, you know? Um, be full of grace and truth. Uh, I heard Ray Hughes this week. He said, facts inform, truth transforms. We become this generation of facts, facts, facts. You get your facts right and you win an argument. It's not about that. You know, people come and debate with Jesus and he might say, well, there, on this certain day, there was this, you know, certain man. He, he goes and tells a story that may, may or may not even been true, right? It just has truth in it in those parables. Um, so just something to remember. Uh, relinquish control. It's in God's hands, right? And you can only control who? Yourself. You can't control anybody else, right? Okay. And then finally... You can go to the next slide here. I've got a few questions up here, and I want to 
give you guys a little gift with a challenge. All right. So I think I'll do it this way. If you would, wouldn't mind, reach underneath your chair and see if there's a little book there. I had some of the youth hide those last night in plain sight. Thank you. So if you've got your little booklet there, this is called a life reference manual. Some of you have seen these before. Some of you have handed them out. This is the best track I know about. I'm going to tell you about it real quick, and then um, we're, we're just about, about done here. So if you would, open up to page A17 in the very beginning. A17. On the top right, and that's what we're going to look at. So when you buy a car, right, when you buy a computer, it usually comes with a manual, okay? If there's a light flashing on your dashboard, hopefully you look it up and you figure out what's wrong. Well, life, what about life? Life comes with basic instructions before leaving earth. You ever heard that? The Bible, right? Um, there's a lot more in it than that. But I just want to show you one way that this little life reference manual works. Um, on the top right of your page, A17, you're going to see a word there. It says worry, right? I don't know if any of us in here are strangers to worry. If if you are, you don't know about worry. I want to meet you. I want to know your the way that you deal with worry. Um, so Matthew 6, 25 through 34 on page 8. So just flip over to Matthew 6 on page 8 real quick. Jesus is going to tell us the cure for anxiety. And if you came in here worried about anything, I pray that while we read this, by faith, that worry level drops to nothing, right? You give all of your anxiety and worry to God. He wants to take it. All right, I'm just going to read through this real quick. This is one of my favorite. Little passages here. Starting in verse 25, this is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin or thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he much more, uh, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the idolaters or the non-believers eagerly seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. And the very last verse there says, Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that good news? And by the way, guys, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the best news for the world. It really is. It saves them from an eternity without God, right? And if you have that information, it, wouldn't you 
uh, doesn't it make sense to share it with people maybe that don't know it? And then God can do whatever he wants with their in their heart. You just got to plant that seed and share the gospel. So what I was going to ask you guys to do, um, actually, if the band can come up here, we're going to just end with a song. Um, after listening to Ray Hughes uh, this, this weekend, I, I learned so much about sound and waves and the importance of, of song and vibration and light. You know, God is three things, right? He's, he's light, he's love, and he's life, right? And he wants to just emanate and, and, um, and surround us with those things and the people around us, right? So I had uh, – actually, if you could throw those questions back up there real quick, Jaden. I just – I was going to break us up into small little groups and actually talk about this, but I have a challenge for you. Sometime today after uh, I, we release and we're done, find somebody, even if it's just one person or a handful of people, and ask yourselves these questions. Um, talk about something that you heard. Hopefully something I said stuck out to you, right? Like – and I just encourage you to actually talk about it with somebody. Uh, that always helps me to remember things and to actually do. So we're going to sing Come to the Altar, but my challenge for you – Here's the questions. Have you ever been intentional about making disciples or mentoring someone? Number two, when was the last time you shared the gospel with someone? You're just good questions for any Christian to be asked, right? Can you name any of your neighbors or coworkers? What are some of the ways you can reach your community, neighborhood, workplace, or school? Strategize. Ask the Lord. How can I reach my neighborhood? How can I reach my workplace or my school? And one step I have, you can take your little Bible, and I've got more out here on the table. You can grab more. I've got boxes of them if you'd like. My friend gives these to me. Um, but find somebody, pray over this Bible, right? And ask the Lord, Lord, who who is it that I should give this to? And maybe share the gospel with. Go through that worry thing I showed you or find another passage in here another life problem you know maybe someone you know is struggling with some really heavy stuff anxiety worry fear so take this sometime this week and ask God Lord who do you want me to give this Bible to and finally as we sing this song there'll be a few people standing up here and I'll be one of them and if there's just something that you want to confess, right, you just want to get off your chest and tell somebody that's safe, that's not going to spread it, then just come down here and uh, and tell a person. Yes, tell God, but tell a human. Tell a human being. And the Lord wants to set us free today. So thank you guys for your time, and I pray all of you are blessed. You can pick out more Bibles on your way out. So as we sing this, um, feel free to come on down and, and talk to me. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, 
Precious blood of Jesus Christ.